Hello everyone and welcome to episode 109 of Career Podcasts. Our today's guest is Mr. Gabriel Quinn. He's an illustrator focusing on character design, sequential art, visual development from the United States, New York. And well, with that quick introduction out of the way, could you please give us a little introduction on how we got into visual arts and design? Yeah, totally. So, um, hi, I'm Gabriel. Uh, the short version is I just started kind of drawing as a kid and, and it took, um, much like, uh, many other people, I just kind of fell in love with it and, uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, <laughs> there's kind of like an attachment to that, which is kind of interesting where, uh, when I was about 10 years old, uh, I moved countries, I moved to Bermuda and I missed about four years of school, like actually four years of school. Like I was kind of like homeschooled, but really I just missed four years of school. So all I did was draw <laughs> pretty much. And uh, when I got back into school, um, I it was the only thing that I was good at. So as I caught up academically, it was like my saving grace. It was like the one thing I had to sort of have some kind of uh, some kind of like self-confidence or self-respect just to know that like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on. This is where like I have advantage. So, uh, that was kind of the early spark. And then from there, I kind of grew to love it. You know, it grew from like, it, it was kind of like started as a love and then a mode of survival. And then it blossomed into my passion. That's I've never like out of the, all the guests I've had, I've had some weird stories, but I've never had one that they had missed like four years of school, yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, man. Which, which I actually argued that might have been good for you. Like, you know, I, for, I, it was, yeah, in the long run it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine you could, you know, just be, just vibe and do your own thing and, you know, explore your like, you know, inner intuitions as a child, especially. Mm. instead if you could would have you know gone into the school system you know like everyone is maybe maybe i, I don't know maybe it would have been much harder for you to tap into your like you know inner uh, child mm. i guess because that's super important that kind of intuition you know for doing actual genuine art yeah and uh because i was kind of like forced to learn it all on my own uh, it actually became a great asset to me when I was catching up academically because I was learning art by myself. It was sort of like I, I developed those transferable skills on kind of learning how to learn. And uh, I ended up graduating valedictorian from my high school. So it, it ended up working out really, really well for me because it gave me a kind of mechanism for approaching life that was unique to me. And uh, it ended up working out. Yeah. And I graduated university and all that stuff. So it, <laughs> it all worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think yeah. another important thing I want to touch on about what you said is it also like, you know, indirectly, like without wanting, you also learned how to learn stuff on yourself, yeah. which is super important critical skill to have, yeah. like, you know, essentially in every, every aspect of life, which I think that also helped you a lot, you know, because that's not necessarily something like yeah you could watch youtube videos on like tips and motivations on how to you know get better stuff and grades and all that but some experiences can't be necessary like you could you know say it as an advice to someone but you have to actually go through the motions to actually understand it you know like for example the thing you just mentioned about like learning stuff on your own yeah yeah, yeah, it's kind of like you develop a do or die mentality where it's like, I have to learn this. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to find the resources in which can, you know, help me do this. 
Yeah, exactly. And yeah. actually, you mentioned about university because the next question is kind of like, you know, tied into that. Um, were you originally studying arts and design in the beginning, like when you were high school and you wanted to go to college or you were pursuing another career path? Because as you know, a lot of times, you know, artists have been through this kind of like, you know, notion that, all right, I'm going to have art on the side as a hobby or like, I don't know, under the side gig, but I have to go to like study engineering or something else that provides a stability in my life. And what was it like for you? Yeah, it was, um, it was one of those things where when I finished high school, I kind of vowed to myself, I'm like, I'm not wasting money on university. It's a bad investment. There's no need to do it. I know I'm going to be an artist and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, I kind of had this interesting experience, uh, in a gap year, um, after high school where I was exploring kind of multiple career paths and, one thing that I was exploring a lot of was actually like videography work and like event photography and stuff. Um, so that was definitely an interesting kind of like, it, it gave me a lot from a different perspective actually. Um, and it, it kind of let me knew, let me know that, uh, I, I actually wanted to go to university because <laughs> after going through that year of kind of like I went to British Columbia and California and New York and Canada and like these different places and I was doing kind of under the table construction work and I was doing event photography stuff and I was like selling drawings and paintings. I was like, this is very chaotic. I need focus. Um, so then I decided that I was going to study illustration because it was the most kind of, I guess, career based degree you could get, you know, it's, it's a lot more usable than a fine arts degree, but to what you're saying about kind of going through that rocky road of like, you know, what am I going to do? Um, for me that showed up in my life kind of as, Oh, I should be like a magic, the gathering card artist or, Oh no, that's a bad idea. I should be a character designer for 2d animation or no, that's, that's a bad idea. I need to do comics and this and that. And do I want to go indie? Am I going to apply for a job and can comics a dark horse? Like, what am I going to do? So I kind of had that sort of career dilemma of <laughs> where people are like, I can't be an artist. I got to study engineering. I'm like, I can't do my own thing. I got to be this for that production company. It's like the same problem in the career in, in the artistic career field. So it's like a really interesting, it's going to show up everywhere. Um, but I just knew that I wanted to do art and I knew I loved it. And I knew that it was my best shot at having a successful career, <laughs> ironically. So I just went for illustration and it's, it's worked out really well. All right. And well, that's kind of interesting because um, in terms of like university and college, a lot of people like they find their niche of art, you know, in the middle of like you're studying something else completely, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. yeah. What's your opinion For me, on it that? Was, yeah, it, it was kind of just like, <laughs> it was kind of the, the thing I was best at, ironically. Um, yeah, it was one of those things where like, you know, when I wasn't doing well in class, I would just be drawing like in my notebooks and all that stuff. You know, it, it, everyone has that story where it's kind of like, oh, you know, I would just like draw on the margins all the time and blah, blah, blah. And, and yeah, my, my worksheets would be like filled with drawings on every margin and, and stuff. So for me, like it, it was sort of like, uh, I kind of had this realization where it would be stupid for me to do something other than art. <laughs> And my family had a similar, uh, 
thought as well. Um, because I come from a family of kind of creatives and artists, I'm very lucky for that. Uh, they were very encouraging of me to go into the artistic field that I've chosen to go down, which has been a real blessing. Um, it's interesting though, how for them, like success in the creative field appears in a very specific way. And it's hard for me to communicate some of the alternative paths that you can have these days uh, that they maybe didn't understand from when they're in the industry. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And um, like, I mean, of course, there's like a couple of months ago, there was this boom of NFTs. And before that, you know, there were what other ways where people like, you know, and not aside from Prince and, you know, like websites like Society6 and Redbubble and all of that, like I'm talking about independent work. How how did artists independently yeah. used to make money? Aside, like, listen, aside from commissions and websites like Redbubble and, well, of course, we're going to forget NFTs for now. But aside is what's further? Like, do you remember anything? Maybe I'm, my brain doesn't work right now. There wasn't a lot. It, it was... Uh... Yeah, it, it was very much uh, you were at the mercy of uh, the, the the kind of the big companies hiring you um, for better and for worse, because it was like a beautiful industry and there's a lot of really amazing work going on. But, um, you know, for someone like me, because I know there are alternative options out there, uh, I just know that like I could be much more fulfilled and offer much more value to the world, kind of giving that most authentic offering that I can, uh, rather than trying to fit into an existing system that I'm not very passionate about. And there's people who are far more passionate, far more passionate than I am about going and, you know, working for like Ubisoft or whatever it is. I'm, I'm not, I'm not too, too, uh, focused on that personally. And, uh, my very good friend, uh, Ahmed Alduri, who was on your podcast, actually, um, you know, he just launched his painting course, and I remember when he was working on it and he was like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know how this is going to go. And he's released basically like, you know, I want to say like the best fundamental digital painting course on the market right now that like anyone can just go take. And, um, you know, he's able to kind of sustain himself through offering that value to people. And I'm really inspired by that. Um, so I kind of look at what I want to offer in terms of kind of narrative development and stories and kind of like independent comics and stuff. And I really want to, I really want to give that to the world. I, you know, I want to make people smile. Yeah. I mean, uh, by the way, like before we move on, before I say anything else, shout out to Ahmed Alduri. He's the course he, yeah. he talked about was, is called Med's Map. Uh, yeah. It's an amazing course. I highly recommend anyone who wants to start in digital paint, or maybe you, you can, get it as a gift to, to someone you know who might want to get into digital art for Christmas I don't know like to someone you know there's so much ideas and it's only like $300 or something and you wait, wait you might say whoa that's that's so much stuff and I, I could buy like a graphic card or something I don't know but well I mean if you compare the value you get out of that course compared to like courses on college and you know other stuff it's like 120th of the price or something it's way yeah. way less you know it's, it's kind of like cheap and you can have it for life you know we can keep repeating it anytime you want yeah and, that knowledge is going to take you far yeah exactly and speaking of like you know your that was some of the works we just mentioned and like you know you're you talking about daily what you want to do with your illustrations in the end i actually want to say some stuff about your works you know when i, when I check them um you have like a pretty like you know you 
you're one of the few artists that I've seen that can possess more than one style and keep it con- <laughs> Thanks, and keep it consistently. Like, yeah. yeah, like you, for example, in your recent illustrations, um, the style you have, it's it could it's it, they look really charming, especially for like your animation. Oh man, that means like, a lot. Thank you. Like, like honestly, like I, I want to see like animations in this style in this world. Like, yeah, maybe, me too. Maybe here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have a, I have a suggestion. And uh, mm-hmm. by the way, to anyone who's listening to the podcast, you you could maybe like you know listen to what I'm saying and see where I'm going with this because it's actually a good idea in the future for any of you who might want to do the same. Like I think if you do like a one minute or thirty second teaser of the animation you want to like you know produce, it would. Uh, like you know, it could re- it would it has the potential to go viral on internet, on Reddit, on YouTube, and stuff like that. There was another artist on YouTube that I recently found. I think her in one of the in her username there was a lemon or something, and she posted like I think a seventeen no not seven one minute and seventeen second animation of one of our upcoming projects, and it just blew up mm. because of the unique art style and everything. And yeah. And yeah, I mean, uh, the thing that's always refreshing to the eye is unique, new unique art styles. And I think FBI is going to drop at my house right at any moment right now. <laughs> <So> <laughs> oh, can, wait, you can, you, can you hear sirens? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's a uh, No, 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 no it's City. fine. It's, yeah, of course, New York City, of course. <laughs> yeah, and I think my door is creaking. One sec. Yeah, no worries. And to all the dear listeners who are listening still right now, while he's closing the door and he's back, I was going to mention that behind you is the illustrations of uh, his grandfather, which was a big time illustrator back in the day. And if you zoom in a bit on the video, on the top left of the video, you can see some original Dr. Seuss illustrations. Yep. You can see his pointing There's some really cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, I highly recommend you to do some, you know, an animation like short Thank animations you, with the same style. Like honestly, like genuinely. Yeah, I actually did a little animation test for for one of the goblin characters actually a while ago. Um, if oh, you really? scroll down my feed or something, you'll you'll see it. Yeah, yeah, I can try it. Uh, like I don't know, let's find it. Wait. But um, oh no, I don't think I can. This one uh, right I here. think I'll check it later because. <laughs> I, I honestly can't find it. All right, I'll check it out later. I got it right but, here. Check it out. <laughs> wait. Oh. Ah, nice. Yeah, so that was um that was all in Procreate. So Oh yeah, Procreate is awesome. And another thing I'd really love from yeah. your works is that kid like he's uh, sitting behind this kind of like on a hovering chair behind kind of bunch of keyboards and screens. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that looks cool. And he's also in the next picture. He's sitting on like a antenna, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. stand. I don't know. Yeah, he's fixing something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like the art style of that as well. Like the setting of it as well. Thank but you, it, man. Like it, it's kind of like the art style kind of colors is it's it's kind of interesting. Do you know why? Because the colors remind me of like old European by old in seventy sixes cartoons. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like a completely different style and vibe, you know. So it's yeah. like Clash of Worlds a bit. That's exactly what I'm going for. That's awesome like, that you, like you, that like you got that. Thing, you can get that heart nostalgic, subconscious nostalgic, heartwarming feeling out of the colors and style a bit without knowing why. But at the same time, you're like, huh, I kind of like the setting. It's kind of sci-fi. It's it has a unique setting. You got something going. You should really uh, like, you know, look into it a bit more. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> 
and yeah i mean the thing we all talked about i'm gonna post it in the reel of the like of course all the uh youtube the podcast listeners who also watch the podcast on youtube they know that in the video version of the podcast i have a reel of everyone's work here like you awesome. know, and so it got replaced back so i'm gonna put a bunch of them you know in the reel and the ones we just Sweet. talked about and well speaking of all these illustrations your main branch of design as i said in the introduction is you're an illustrator all right like yes let's set aside the correct, correct the specification but i want to i want to ask you like you know when you were of course starting drawing you know you didn't know you want to be necessarily an illustrator we're just drawing for the yeah. love of it yeah what made you gravitate towards illustration and not concept art or other stuff <clears throat> well you know like a part of me maybe wanted to go for a safer career, like in, in graphic design or something, which uh, is actually a misconception. There's an oversaturation of designers now. <laughs> Every, everyone thought it was uh, easier to become a graphic designer, and now there's too many of them. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was thinking about that. And in that kind of world of design and graphic design or, or even doing design for packaging and stuff, it's sort of like, you know, art and design as a means of of you know, communication for a purpose. Um, and it's trying to affect you in a certain way, kind of from the outside. And what I love about illustration, uh, is that it places a little more, a little bit more emphasis on narrative, or at least the way that I see it and define it kind of narrative illustration. It's so rich and the history is so rich. And, uh, when, when I thought about what I want to bring to the world, I wanted to affect people from within themselves. So kind of creating a scene, a scenario, you know, creating some kind of narrative moment that would trigger someone from within instead of, you know, influencing them from the outside. That's kind of what, what, what ended up triggering me to go down that career path. Um, even in the world of kind of a concept art, like a lot of guys like me wanted to sort of become concept artists because it's got, it's so cool. And it's like, you can do guns and swords and dragons and spaceships. And it's like, Whoa, it's so cool. You know? And, and there's a lot of appeal to that. Um, but I sort of had to really be real with myself of what do I actually want to offer the world from my perspective and it didn't end up being like guns and swords and dragons and spaceships and stuff. It, it ended up being like, I, I want to, I want to bring people alive with these, you know, like taking inspiration from all the awesome Miyazaki films, you know, all the beautiful illustrated children's book throughout history. Like, I think it, I think it just has a lot of potential to move people. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of Miyazaki, like, you know, Regarding you know, this, the couple last couple of sentences you said, did you know that you know f- for the movie Spirited Away, he kind of specifically geared uh, the whole settings towards like you know ten to twelve year old girls, like you know the the amount of like that alone is just shows the amount of details and dedication you know as an artist he has towards you know the uh, the work he's going to put out, so the mm-hmm. effect that it's gonna have, like you know that kind of thing is kind of rare. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's special. And it, it hits everyone from that perspective. And that kind of key perspective is, I, I think, creates that magic that everyone loves so much. And it's something that I've always wondered, like, what what is it with... It's, it's specifically with Japanese artists, artists and artists in entertainment industry. They're, like, 
such sometimes uh, they uh, geniuses both in video game design and also animations and art in general like their perspective is way 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 out of the box sometimes from mm. the western kind of art and entertainment industry i mean maybe in comparison to i mean hollywood and the, the american which is the north american basically entertainment industry which is one of the major you know um poles of this whole in- industry but compared to that maybe it's out of the box but for them that's not but I think objectively, even speaking, like, you know, as a whole, like, I don't know if you played any of the Hideo Kojima games, um, video <laughs> games. You probably did by the uh, way you just un- smiled. Unfortunately not, but ah, I am familiar with them. I, I grew up in the vineyards of California with, like, nothing. I, I had, like, a dirt bike and a sketchbook, and that was it. I was I was raised by hippies, man, like, barely any TV at all. So I, I missed a lot of the pop culture stuff until Wait. recently, actually. Dude, that sounds awesome actually i kind of it wish was I awesome it yeah. was very cool yeah yeah damn well i'll we'll later on touch on that <laughs> a bit because i actually i'm actually interested like yeah. you know how of was course. your upbringing if that's okay and all right yeah so, of course man yeah let's get to the next couple of questions first <laughs> how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a project like what does a pipeline mm. of your work look like well, it's only recently gotten good. <laughs> um, in the past, I've burned out a lot of projects by trying to jump the gun and uh, try and sort of get it done faster than I'll burn out. Um, so I feel like a lot of us as artists fall into the trap of, you know, maybe I'll, I'll just try it and I'll just strike gold, you know, like no research no thought, you know, like I just, I feel inspired. I'm just going to go for it and just jump in. And, and, uh, (laughs) I fall into that trap quite a bit where I'm kind of like, okay, it's only, you know, like a 16 page short comic. I can just finish it. And then I just jump in head first and, you know, a weekend I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, my storyboards aren't concise. I'm like, I'm, I'm making my life like way more difficult than it has to be and and all that stuff so my process recently has changed and evolved into like a much much better system so one of my greatest loves one of my greatest recent loves in my life is actually uh, research so i've been on a big research kick uh luckily with the kind of recent series i've been doing with the goblins it doesn't demand anything because it's completely fantastical and nonsensical so i can kind of just make whatever i want and it's very simple and fun but um there was a previous character design i did recently uh based on a world war ii slash world war one kind of airplane pilot um i don't know if you're gonna put it on the side or something but the, the character is called goose rogers and uh i've for, for that research process, um, I looked at like all the uniforms of the kind of Air Force pilots, you know, what they wear, what they did. You know, I figured out that like it, when they were up in the sky, they, they ate candy to keep their mouth uh, moist so they wouldn't be dry. Like all of this, like really, really minimal stuff. The design of the goggles. My friends helped me out. Actually, my friend gave me that little tidbit about the candy. It's really fun information and just learning about the design of the planes and stuff. And then when I went to create that in my sketching process you know i was like 
I, I wasn't just designing the character. I was also designing like the brand of gum that he chooses. And I was just kind of having fun and exploring. And, and it was kind of like, you do the research and then you do another phase of research, but that's just drawing and sketching, just kind of loose and fun. And then you get to kind of pick and choose what you want to keep in the final and kind of tighten it up. Um, but yeah, my process now is very research heavy because you end up saving more time in the long run and you get more ingredients to make the magic. I think, um, when, when I jump into a project and I think a lot of other artists fall into this trap as well, without the appropriate research, unfortunately you fall victim to cliche. And, uh, that's not something that I really want to have a lot of in my work. So I've been trying to be a bit more unique and focus on things that other people might miss. So yeah, in terms of practical process, uh, basically I go from a lot of research to kind of rough sketch iteration. Um, I keep it really loose. I keep a kind of a low opacity kind of fat pencil and I just kind of lay it all in. Um, I work both in Procreate and Photoshop right now. I'm, I'm iPad only. I had to borrow someone's laptop for this interview actually. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, but yeah, so I kind of keep it real rough. And then when I come in with kind of the line art to clean it up, I just want to make sure the information is clear, the visual information is clear, and that you don't lose the life and the magic. Because oftentimes when you know people go from rough sketch to ink, you lose the magic, like you lose the aliveness. So for me, I really want to make sure that before I go to ink, I've already done a bunch of drawings and I've already warmed up so that when I come in, I'm not thinking about the lines. I'm just present in the character and it happens just kind of as a byproduct and uh yeah the one you talked about was was it the the illustration with two like trolls in a zeppelin <laughs> um i was talking about uh this one character i did in the plane um, kind of yeah it's kind of like farther down on my feed now it's it's before all the goblin stuff um Hmm. It's uh, it's it's this character. I can just show it on my phone oh, that yeah, I designed. Ah, oh, this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was more of a style for kind of two D animation or something like that. Like, it was it, it was a personal challenge for me to see if I could do something with like a lot of fidelity, but um, keeping it consistent across like expressions and a character and and uh, it was hard, but it was a really good practice exercise for the portfolio. Yeah, totally. And speaking of portfolios and jobs and all that, what is the first art job paycheck you ever got? And what was it for? And Oof. how did you feel at the moment, at the time when you got it? Man, I've got a lot of weird art paychecks. <laughs> um, the first one I ever got, I think I was 16. And I entered into a emerging artist gallery show and I went in and um, <laughs> I hung a bunch of the art that I made and a local artist uh, came by and said, wow, you have a really great promise. I'm buying this one. And he bought one and it was kind of this sort of abstracted kind of portrait that I did. And it was... It was one of the most in important early experiences that I had, which was essentially someone saying, I believe in you and I'm supporting you. And, uh, 
yeah that was really special um outside of that the kind of uh, art projects i've taken have been super super diverse i've done a lot of album covers i've done a lot of just kind of like canvas paintings for people um more recently uh i haven't actually been taking that many commissions if any i keep it really slim because i really just want to focus on these projects that i'm working on right now but that's aside from your original question but that was like the first art paycheck that i got um yeah awesome and actually all right let's jump back to the subject i wanted to talk about a bit and ask you a bit about your childhood and upbringing and like having like living in wine yards outside of like outskirts of los angeles as you said right or i think it's still <laughs> yeah, i was in a, sorry yeah, yeah i was in california um yeah i grew up in kind of like northern california so i grew up a lot in sonoma um so that's like a really kind of small town in the middle of nowhere kind of place and uh my upbringing was interesting um my father was an abstract painter and my mom was a singer-songwriter and still is um and growing up it was very magical you know they really let us kind of grow our imaginations and it was a really really a really magical experience Um, yeah, it was the kind of childhood where I spent a lot of time, most of my time just outside in the world, uh, either kind of just out in the yard, jumping on a trampoline, or I was out like, you know, by the river or like down the thing, like, you know, think Calvin and Hobbes, but it was just kind of me. There was no imaginary friend, unfortunately. Um, and just like a couple friends maybe, but it was very much that kind of life where a lot of things were handmade. Um, I made like a bunch of swords out of wood and a bunch of bows and I was very much kind of like (laughs) wishing I was Legolas. I had really long hair and, uh, and, um, yeah, man, it was just a very kind of chill childhood. I had like no video games or anything like that. And, uh, yeah. And then when I turned 10, unfortunately, uh, my parents separated and I moved away and my life changed drastically. Um, yeah, I kind of lived a large chunk of that time with like kind of no friends and it was sort of like just me building forts in the backyard and kind of drawing in my sketchbook and sort of being alone. Um, but I think overall it was really good. It was very formative for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was, I mean, you were kind of lucky because your personality type kind of fit in with the experiences. I mean, if if you like, you know, were the type of, you know, person who couldn't, you know, afford being alone, you know, and it would just Mm. be hard on them. It would, it would have been much different, but like, like I'm happy that everything like worked out well for you. Thanks man. Me too. (laughs) Interesting to hear that. And yeah. well, speaking of like, you know, the type of life you had and also seeing that uh, that most parents and upbringings are like that, it's mostly like a rat race. Like, you know, mm. there's a lot of parents are like tiger parents. They want to force their child out of worry and, you know, kind of love for mm. them to get good grades, get a good job, become a doctor, engineer, and blah, 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 all of that. So we have two kind of like yin and yang of this whole thing. And I actually want to know, like, how would you like describe kind of like you know making like putting limitations 
for yourself in terms of you know how to balance this whole to act i'm not i'm not talking about like bring like raising a child like mm. you know just controlling your own life on life's balance kind of yeah. like that you know and uh, since we kind of like you know mentioned about uh, embracing limitations as you said before yeah, i man. want to you know kind of segue i kind of wanted to segue into that so yeah, yeah totally i'm all ears yeah man i mean <laughs> yeah it's good you brought that up um right now i'm in the process of setting a lot of limitations on myself so uh right now i'm trimming down my life so that everything that i own fits in a backpack and a duffel bag so i'm that that's number one that i'm doing uh as an artist i want to be alive and in the world and not kind of like stuck and in the same place and just sort of festering in sameness i i really want the diversity of life to you know, meet me and in, in my experience. Um, but kind of in that sort of career mode, you know, I really love limitations and I, I was always very precious with my freedom when I was young. Uh, you know, like I would procrastinate on homework and stuff so that I could have my freedom. Like I had this idea about freedom. Um, and I kind of neglected some studies and then like I only focused on art, you know, for my freedom. Uh, so I, I chose that I was doing art and no one can tell me what to do. And, you know, in my experience through university and through life, I've kind of realized that limitations are the only way you can actually set out and achieve that goal that you have. So, you know, for me as an individual, you know, I have like five graphic novel scripts that I'm working on consistently. And I've got like, you know, five characters that I'm developing that I want to make really good. And I've got like, you know, I want to do a tarot card deck and a playing card deck. And I want to do this and do that. And I want to create, you know, like a, uh, a pitch packet for an animated show or whatever. You know, I have all these things that I want to do as a person. But at the end of the day, out of all these options, they all exist in potential. But when you choose one, the potential for all those other ones, at least for this time, go away. So you have to sacrifice those options to bring one of those things into reality. So that's what I'm embracing, that kind of blind confidence to just try. And, you know, if I fail, I fail. And if I don't, I don't. But, you know, sacrificing all those options and all that potential is essential for me to actually create something of value. So that's why for this month of October, it kind of is like an Inktober challenge. I've done these daily illustrations of these little goblin characters uh, because I'm like, you know, paranoid about losing a month. But at the end of this month, now I have like 30 wonderful illustrations that I love and that uh, I can always go back to. And I've learned so much through the process and overall it's a value. So I, I've kind of been paranoid about like, you know, if I devote a year into developing a book, you know, for me, that used to be this great big thing of like, I can't develop, I, I can't, you know, sacrifice a year to work on this thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so young, my time is so precious, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, just for reference, I'm 23. So I'm still quite, you know, a young guy, like there's no reason for me to be paranoid. And yet I am. <laughs> so I've kind of chosen for myself, like, you know, I'd, I'd rather in, in five years have like five books then in five years, you know, still be trying to figure out what the best choice would be to make, like just kind of make the choice and do it and move on. And, um, yeah, limitations as it applies to my visual art practice as like a practical thing is also very important. Um, because 
for instance, with these goblin characters, I have a very specific process that I do that is a chosen limitation. So I have a one brush that I use at a very particular size, and uh, I only use that to ink the goblins. And so I can't go smaller line or thicker line. Um, and because of that, I have to frame things in this particular way or represent things in a particular way. And uh, if I because I, I, I hold that, it simplifies my process so much more because giving myself more options is only going to like mess everything up for me and slow me down. So I've only be, been able to maintain that speed because I chose that limitation and the limitations on color as well and post-processing. Um, like I don't shade anything for the goblin characters and that's a particular choice. It saves a lot of time and it keeps the style consistent. Um, but yeah, having those choices and those limitations both in your life and also in your specific art practice is so important. Once you've figured out kind of the project you want to do and you've decided, then it's up to the individual to go through that research process to decide what limitations will best suit their project so they can actually do it. Well, that sounds actually kind of like, you know, that may, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, the thing you said about limitations, especially like, you know, as you said, like something like, you know, Inktober, like putting these challenges for yourself so you could, you know, improve at the niche thing. That's those. It also kind of like applies to even I was talking about this with one of my friends the other day. He's a pro MMA fighter and I, I used to actually, you know, do MMA and Jiu Jitsu. I mean, not right, not right now anymore. <laughs> But um, like, I, like I, I was talking with him and I told him like, you know, doing like drills, especially like, for example, for vertical jump, you know, no yeah. one pays attention to stuff like that. Like doing drills, especially like, for example, um, explosive lateral movements, like no one pays attention to this niche stuff. But if you do it in the whole picture, it will show its results, like in the, in yeah. the performance. And yeah. it's kind of like, I think the same thing in with art and other stuff. Yeah. And... Yeah, sorry. If you apply if you apply that practice to illustration, you know, people have this thing where it's like, oh, I don't really feel like drawing today. Oh man, I you know I'm I'm, I'm super tired. I I don't think I'm gonna draw today. It's like, oh, I, guys, I haven't been drawing at all. Like, I I'm friends with a lot of uh, illustrators, so a lot of them are really hardcore. A lot of them are more casual. You know, it's 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 a diverse mix, but. Um, the, <laughs> some of, sometimes, you know, someone will kind of be like, Oh guys, you know, I haven't really been drawing all that much. And for me, that's always kind of like a red flag. And I always mention it in, in a wholesome way, but, uh, I, I think it's important to, you know, if you're an artist, sometimes it's not about how you feel. It's about what you do. So for me as an illustrator, it's about what I do. So even if I'm uninspired and I don't want to do anything, you know, I just like an athlete would, I hit the gym and I do studies. I do faces, you know, I do like clothing folds or whatever it is, like just the little things that add up because that one guy who goes outside and spends 10 minutes drawing a tree every day, is going to have way more fundamental skill at the end of a year than someone who did like one drawing a week and they tried really hard on the drawing and all that stuff. Like it's, it's a series of little things that slowly add up that you really got to pay attention to. Um, and that's where kind of the freedom exists in that limitation. If you accept that limitation, then the freedoms will come to you. Um, a friend of mine recently asked me about studying anatomy and how they're very unmotivated to study anatomy. And I understand that uh, because when I was learning anatomy and I'm still no master in anatomy, but when I was learning kind of the basic stuff from like YouTube, from like Ahmed and, and Sykra and Cynics and, and these awesome YouTube guys, um, 
I had an underlying motivation of like, I want to be able to design characters and I want to be able to create something from nothing. And that's magic to me. That's like a magical thing. And if you want to create something from nothing, like there's like a blood price there that you got to pay. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's something you have to give up, which is just that little bit of time each day to, you know, humble yourself before this information that will set you free to do this magic. So that's, that's what I really believe. So I really believe in embracing limitations. And, um, yeah, I mean, and do you know the YouTuber and artist Angel Ganev? I don't know. I think he's uh, from Russia or something. I, I don't know exactly where he's from, but I think he's Eastern European or something. He's actually a super um, successful YouTuber and, uh, and he's also really big on Instagram and everything. And he he's actually, YouTube videos are really good and his specialty is in portraits, style as portraits. And in one of his videos, I remember he said something that kind of struck with me as well because I kind of knew it in the back of my head, this fact which is like you know you hear like people saying like you know oh i i don't as you said i'm not in mood to do art or i don't feel mm, i don't feel inspiration yeah. coming in i don't know how yeah. much reference back i see i don't like and he said it like this bitch there's no inspiration you should just do the work that's just <laughs> yeah. another way of saying you're lazy like for example yeah. <laughs> in, like, like imagine if you're in a studio and saw and your art director tells you to all right we need this like three sets of three different unique cars and you're like nah i don't feel inspiration like that doesn't work, <laughs> like, doesn't if you're, work man. You, if you actually practice and actually learn the fundamentals as well you can draw anything anytime you want like yes you might not be in the mood but you can still do it you know the, the, mm. the fact that you say oh i'm not inspired is because you're it's kind it kind of translates to your lack of you know proper fundamentals and understanding of them yeah and and a lack of interest you know if if you're I feel like the role of an artist is very similar to the role of like a researcher and a scientist. Like you are exploring and discovering and, and looking and you're curious. And I feel like artists who kind of like want to create beauty in, in a vacuum, you know, outside of life and being interested in life. Like I feel like that you, some people make that work, but overall I feel people need that curiosity uh, that really deep inner curiosity in order to create something unique or something of value and, and beauty. And uh, if, if you don't have inspiration, I feel like you're not living. Um, but that's quite a harsh thing to say. So <laughs> if you're struggling with inspiration, that's okay. Just get out there and get drawing, you know? Yeah. And yeah. one thing that always like, you know, helps in general, not just with, you know, coming I wouldn't say just inspiration, just in general. Like if you've been practicing and doing garden tutorials and you feel like you've stuck and hit a plateau, like it sounds like a counterintuitive tip, but just leave everything related to that behind for like, so, and don't think about anything from that field for like a while, maybe a week or two and go, maybe try to go outside, do something else completely different. You'll be surprised and shocked how much better and fresher your brain picks up the information later when you get back on. I know like some yeah. people are like hardcore and I say, no, no, practice every day, do that and blah, blah. And here's the thing, a lot of best in the world say that. I mean, I'm some random guy with a podcast and that says the other thing and there's other people who are like top of the, like, you know, their industry that say the reverse of me. But... The point is, I genuinely believe, like you know, taking breaks sometimes from your profession helps. Mm. It does because yeah. I because I because uh, as an athlete, you know, when I was like preparing for like competitions, like uh, 
during even during like a month or two months before competition where everyone's just drilling hard they're doing something else i would just not go to the gym but it's not like you know practice running something unrelated to the thing while yeah. also keeping active you know yeah like practice on endurance running for example like something completely different and when i would come back to the gym my body and just nervous system was much more fresh you know nervous system that's the main thing and yeah and speaking of all the artists with our ourselves and everything we talked about one i'm kind of curious about one thing who are your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most oh man that's a tough one um okay through through history uh, I'm really inspired by Mobius, obviously. Um, I'm really, really inspired by a lot of the Golden Age illustrators. Like uh, these names might just sound completely foreign, but like uh, Kay Nelson and Ivan Bilibin is an Eastern European artist. That one particularly is very, very inspiring. Um, and then in terms of kind of illustration, I'm a huge fan of uh, Sergio Topi, who is kind of an artist that when people find that artist, they're like, Oh my God, how have I never found this artist before? Like it's really, really special artist. Um, and then I'm trying to think kind of contemporary. Um, well, I'm really inspired by my good friend, uh, Ahmed Alduri. His work is really special and, uh, you know, his lines and his shape design influenced me a lot in how I design. Um, Gosh, I'm trying to think of a more kind of contemporary artist that I'm really, really inspired by. Uh, I mean, Bill Watterson, who did Calvin and Hobbes, that's a huge inspiration for me as well. And that influence shows up in, in many places for me. Same with Dr. Seuss as well. Um, gosh, it's always when like, you're, yeah. you're thinking you're thinking so much, but everything's drawing a blank, right? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about this too much because that's actually one of the surprisingly one of the hardest questions for guests usually they always say. Because, because <laughs> yeah. here's the thing, the main reason is because people like, you know, for example, you, me, all of us usually remember artists by their art style and works, not necessarily by their names, you know? Yeah. That's why. And actually, I was wondering, do you know... Based off the taste and artist you just mentioned, do you know Shel Silverstein? Silverstein? I think that's his name. Oh yeah, of course. Love yeah. Shel Silverstein. Was yeah. he your inspiration as well? Not really inspirational. You know, when I was mm-hmm. younger, you know, looking back, I wasn't a fan of the style, but they affected me. So I have to respect that. I have to respect that even though these illustrations maybe aren't appealing to me, the illustrations work and they're, they're doing the, the job that they're supposed to do. And I think people forget that a lot, you know, I, especially on Instagram, people get very caught up in like, oh, this art style is so good. This art is so good. This is so good. But, you know, it's not really like reaching them. It's not affecting them versus a Shel Silverstein illustration in a book, you know, that, that might hit you way like in a, in a much uh, greater way than, you know, someone doing a hot girl on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I've got, I, I've got hot girl Instagram fatigue. <laughs> I'm fatigued <laughs> by all the hot girls on Instagram. I just don't like it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, gets a lot of like, you know, interaction on social media, but yeah. Yeah, I mean I get what you're saying. I'm a kind of feel the same, but I'm on the same boat as you guys. 
Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I honestly remember when I was a kid, I, I used to love Silver Sun books. They were like translated yeah. in Iran, if I remember. Uh, yeah. And Jesus, wait, that, that was a long time ago. We're getting old. We're getting old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, aside from Shell Silverstein, there was like, there was this uh, illustrator and a series of books from this German. Uh, oh God, I just remembered it. The German illustrator. It. There was a three series, three books of a series called. Uh, in Farsi, if I try to trans- translate the name of it, was my, me and my father's stories, and the father was like a, like a bald. Um, mustache, heavy mustache, and like you know, fat guy, and the kid was just a boy. And it, I forgot the name of the guy, I think it was a Jewish German illustrator, but they were super popular as well in Iran, mm. like you know, Shell Silver, Sign Tintin, those, mm. those oh, stuff. Tintin, yeah, that yeah. is awesome, yeah, those. I, 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 I would be ignorant if I said that I think that was a golden age of like comics and illustrations because I don't have much of like you know knowledge on about the history of art and illustrations and i haven't seen yeah, it so no it totally. would be ignorant of me to say that but in <laughs> my opinion i think that was like there there, there was something about them i don't know yeah. i don't know how to put it like you know finger on it everything right yeah. now is kind of like at some point you know you realize there things are so cliche now compared to before like yeah i, I don't know how to explain yeah. it you know like even it, it gets so rare to see like final arts when it comes to world building and you know characters and stuff like that that kind of touches you and you yeah. feel kind of some sort of connection with it yeah like i don't know maybe it was just a medium of it because everything is now digital and behind the screen i don't know there's so much things to consider but yeah well there's definitely something to be said about the limitations of print media in the past you know, if you wanted to bring a book to print, there was such an arduous process. Um, my grandfather was uh, working in publishing at the start of his career with Dr. Seuss. He like worked kind of hand in hand with Dr. Seuss. My grandfather's name is Michael Frith. And uh, I remember that he would tell me the process that he would have to do to, to go in and get things printed. And you would have to, you know, have all the artwork and then separately do all of these like cells you you would have to draw these cells like cell shading and you would have to like you know paint them out in different shades of gray and those different shades of gray represented different colors at the printers so you had to predict what these things would look like and if you wanted a particular color that someone didn't have or could produce you had to invent it so there's this red called Seuss red and it was like a specific red created for this run of books that they did so it's like you know that whole world that limitation allowed something you know something special and that's what i'm trying to capture with a lot of the work that i do and that's why i think i have such a focus on limitations because when you boil things down to an essence and make use full use of a few aspects rather than making small use of a thousand aspects i think like there there's a magic there there's something special there um but now there's just such an abundance of artwork it's it's hard for something to become iconic for more than like what like a month yeah exactly i just i just realized for a second my mic was muted so i was all kind of confused for a second there. oh oh no <laughs> and, yeah and yeah 
that's that's kind of interesting. I never thought about that. I mean, we take for granted the di- digital stuff we have, like the eyedropper tool is like such a like if you put it yeah. in comparison <laughs> to the past, you realize that yeah. like whoa, like yeah. A, a big learning curve for me, or an amazing experience, was uh, going through a screen printing process. Mm. So when I was at university, one of the great things about school is that. Um, if it's a good school, they'll push you to do many different things. And uh, one of the things I had to do was uh, create a three-layer screen print where I had to mix my own inks and pigments and its consistency. And then I had to create my design. And then um, you have to like go in and do everything. So you coat the screen with enamel and then you lay all your sheets on it and you shine an incredibly bright light at it and it calcifies all the enamel that isn't touched by like the black line on the cellophane that you printed on. And then you get that screen and you like put it on a big rack and then you get your ink and you pour it on and you squeegee it. And then you do these layers of screen prints in like physically and having access to just three colors of varying consistency and only being able to do things in layers. So for me, I I had to make use of a lot of texture and like develop techniques that were unique to me that, you know, no one else did. You know, I used like noise texture and all that stuff. So the ink would dry and like a dapple texture or whatever, you know, and that experience was so informative because at the end of it, I had this like beautiful, hand-printed screen print design it was based on um it was based on the city of like shanghai that was the brief we had to choose like a city to base something off of um so that's what i chose to do and it it worked so well that a local kind of menswear store like a high fashion menswear store saw it and wanted a a zero size reproduction a huge reproduction to put in their storefront window for their new like i don't know collection they had from from east asia so it was like the, that that limitation allowed it to be iconic enough to have function as an aesthetic for this shop. It was like really a cool process. Yeah, and uh, I think another method of like you know doing printing um, illustrations on t-shirts. I think what was it? I forgot the name, but it had a beautiful name like series screen screening something like that. I, I don't uh, remember. Silk screen. Yeah. Silk screen. Yeah, silk screen printing. That's that's what it is. It's like this yeah. screen, and then it's the, just a design on it, and then you like do the thing. Yeah, that's that's what it is with t-shirts. Same process. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it a couple of times here in Turkey by some, you know, just fashion illustration in studios, and I was, and I kind of was like, whoa, I want to do that one day. Yeah, because, it's because, awesome. Because honestly, one of my main things that I genuinely am passionate about, in love, what it's something that made me jump out a bit more than anything. Like I love a lot of like. A lot of stuff and uh, different like art mediums and stuff like that. Mm. But, like I love concept art, in especially environment art, concept art, all of that. And I love animation to the animation. But the thing that I mostly love is a fashion illustration. And by fashion illustration, I don't mm. mean like you know drawing clothes on characters. I mean like actually designing patterns and illustrations for clothing, and especially yeah. T-shirts. And not just that, I mean designing different fashion wear and yeah that's one of the things that i wanted like it's on my bucket list of things to do like making my own print like with that you know silk screening thing and that's it that seems really cool mm. and speaking of you know all of this stuff you know right now i want to ask you this it's it's kind of like a fun question because we're kind of taking a break from all the technical stuff yeah 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 
Yeah, what we beside the area are working on right now, which is of course art, art would you be interested to explore and learn in the future? And let me rephrase this question in another way. Imagine if money, resource, and time wasn't an issue and you could do anything. You could learn anything, you could do anything. Basically, what I'm trying to say is what aspirations do you have that are you like like your legacy and just big things you want to do in general and it could be completely non-art related as well this question basically we want to get to know the personality behind you a bit more oh man okay before i do that i'm just gonna close my window and my door because they keep opening just give me like yeah, one sure, second sure, sure. no worries, okay. no worries. <laughs> and yeah ladies and gentlemen i hope you're enjoying this episode now this is the appropriate time if you want you can you know pause the podcast and go like you know get a drink some water because i just did to the dear viewers on the youtube version you know you just saw me and yeah stay hydrated and we'll we're right back i just told everyone to stay hydrated hey yeah that's good definitely stay hydrated for sure yeah and yeah you were saying yeah. Okay, man. You know, I'm so glad you asked this question because uh, this is actually something that I'm uh, I'm going to be doing soon. So uh, one of my greatest loves is travel, and I love meeting new people. Um, so, man, if money was no option at all, I would just have like just some nice minimal camera gear and my sketchbook and whatever it is, and I would want to go and kind of. I would love to go visit places and kind of create like kind of editorial small kind of snippets of that place, like in illustration and, uh, you know, kind of like dramatize things or kind of create little narratives or stories and kind of do like zine publications, you know, about kind of travel. And I would love to be able to kind of research in person. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess travel is one of my big loves and I really like, kind of the mundane things, uh, about different places and, and life. You know, I, uh, I grew up in California. I went to boarding school in Canada for high school. Uh, I lived in Bermuda for a lot of my life and I went to university in England. And something I love about living in these different places is that just kind of the life is so different for, you know, each family, each place, kind of each region. And I would love to be able to just like, I don't know, live in a van or something and go and just kind of meet people and experience these different places and share that with the world somehow. I don't know what that would be if it was like a YouTube thing or I I don't know, but I would love to be able to do that. And my plan later this year is actually to start doing van life. So (laughs) we'll see if it works (laughs) or later next year, I should say. Yeah, that's yeah. actually quite tricky and one life. Like, here's the thing. I love the idea of what you're saying, but I personally would love to do that. Which I know is kind of impossible with a bicycle or maybe on foot. Like, I love yeah. the idea of, like, you know, walking from, like, you know, maybe the bottom of the South America to the top of North America. But Oh, my God, um, yeah. The, the problem is not just before any wild animals maybe get you, there's a lot of... <laughs> human factors that might cause <laughs> cause problems yeah that's a big yeah. problem but yeah i love the ideas like maybe sailing on a kayak alone like across oceans or something like that i love those stuff yeah as well yeah and, like i'm that kind of a soul my as well myself like especially another like you know fantasy i have is just you know hiking across siberia or russia there's a lot of like you know unseen places yeah. there 
It's a huge place. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Spot yeah. on. Yeah. And yeah, I, I hope you figured that out. I mean, you should you should try on a small scale. Like, it start to free America first, then you know, move yeah. to Canada, then that's the plan. Mexico, then you know, then yeah. it's later on adds on. Yeah, and well, we've reached the final section of the podcast, which is called awesome. Final Words. Basically, I'm gonna explain what it means. All right, imagine right now you have a limited time. And this limited time could be two minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, doesn't matter. But it's limited time, all right? Okay. And for anyone who might listen to this podcast and they've reached this point at any point in the future, whether it be two weeks, whether it be a year, whether it be 10 yeah. years, 50 years, maybe, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's people on a career podcast marathon and they've reached episode 109 and they're here. Right? <laughs> nice. And this, is kind of, this section is kind of like a time capsule. If you could, as a human leave a message or messages to another human being or to anyone who might be listening, what would that be? Okay. Okay. If you want to do something in your life and you want to bring that magic to the world, it doesn't have to be good. You just have to keep doing it. And if you keep doing it, the magic will come. And that's the beauty of life. And uh, I hope you keep going and don't stop. Don't give up. All right, that's actually such a beautiful message. It's such a good note to end this podcast on this episode. Awesome. Yeah, and just keep going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And all right, thank you so much for coming by. Where can people contact you if they had a question? Is there Instagram okay? Yeah, Instagram is perfect. Contact me on Instagram, you know, at Clueless Gabriel. It's pretty easy to remember. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll put that in the caption as well. So it's really awesome. much easier. Yeah. And yeah, thank you so much for coming by. And thank you to of everyone course. who tuned in, tuned in and listened to this episode. Uh, I hope you all had a fantastic evening or day or night or whatever. I don't know why I even started with evening. Uh, whatever. And take care, everyone. And have a good day. Bye.